Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Sivrubani, and today in Raise the Line, I'm happy to be joined by Bhavdeep Singh. Bhavdeep is the CEO and co-founder of HealthQuarters, which is developing a model of providing healthcare that combines physicians with other types of providers in one location with an emphasis on wellness. Prior to that, he was the CEO of Fortis Healthcare, one of the largest providers of healthcare in Asia. He brings many years of experience in the retail sector to his healthcare work. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our advisor and investor at Osmosis, Akhil Paul, for the introduction to Bhavdeep. So Bhavdeep, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Shiv, and I um, look forward to this conversation. So can you start by telling us a bit about your background and then getting your career started in retail? Sure. Well, I grew up in New York. I grew up in White Plains, New York, and like you know, many teenagers, looking for a part-time job, I wanted to buy a car, <laughs> which I did. But you had to you had to earn your way, you know, to do things like that. And at the end of high school, just starting college, I got a part-time job in a grocery store. And like any mother, mine was horrified that you know her son was going to work in a supermarket. I assured her, no, no, this was just going to be for a few months. I just wanted to do something to stay busy. And so I was stocking shelves, unloading trucks, cleaning bathrooms, you know, everything that you do in a grocery store, and I didn't actually leave for for quite a bit of time. I ended up staying a good 15, 20 years. Eventually, I became president of the company. And that was quite a journey because I had the opportunity to do just about everything you can do in retail. I had the good fortune of working with some really good leaders and um, whose lessons stay with me till today. So I stayed in retail for a while. I'm originally from India, born there, but I came to the U.S. when I was very young. So I had this vision about working in India. And uh, (laughs) my friends and family said to me, you know, why can't you just read about it like everybody else? You know, why do you have to go there? But I wanted to go there. I wanted to feel, literally feel, get the feeling and understanding, you know, what's it like to work there? Well, I learned a couple of things. One is it, it wasn't that different. Two was that I prepared myself, started teaching myself Hindi because I figured I'd have to learn to speak Hindi. Otherwise, I'd be lost. And it was interesting when I got to India and I'd be sitting in meetings and boardrooms, you know, there'd be 10 people around the table and there's one guy speaking Hindi, <laughs> me. Everybody else was speaking English because everything is, you know, it's, it's in English. I mean, English is the medium and and that's how things are done. And quite honestly, it just wasn't that different. So I was in India. I ran Reliance Retail. Uh, Reliance Retail is now one of the largest retailers in the world. We had over a thousand stores and I had the good fortune of running Reliance Retail, launching it and running it for about three years. So one day I got a call about a, to be a CEO of a healthcare company. And I almost hung up on the recruiter. <laughs> I said, you know, you got the wrong Singh. You know, Singh is like, you know, Singh is in India where Jones is here. Smith is here. There's just uh, millions of us. And he said, no, 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 hold on. You know, the board is looking for somebody who understands multi-unit brand, customer slash patient care. Quite honestly, I talked to the board for a few months. And after a while, I just thought to myself, "Ah, what's the worst? You know, let me just try it. This could be interesting. So I ended up joining Fortis Healthcare and I became the CEO. And it was interesting because the initial time period, the initial couple of months, I was completely lost. I had no idea what was going on. Absolutely clueless. I was convinced that I was going to get chucked out in a matter of no time at all. But I, you know, I'm I'm studious and I spent a lot of time understanding medicine, understanding healthcare, spent a lot of time talking to doctors and just really understanding what were the pain points in healthcare and how could we improve things. And what's interesting about Indian healthcare is that while India lacks investment, they don't always, we don't always have the infrastructure we need, but the clinical work taking place in India is outstanding, as good as any place else in the world. So I had the good fortune of, uh, of doing that for a couple of years. Family tragedy brought me back to the U.S. I went back into retail and I ran U.S. operations for Ahold, which is the parent company for Stop and Shop Giant. In 2015, healthcare came knocking on my door again, and I went back to India for four years. So I've done a bit of a, a bit of a tango with healthcare. 
been in healthcare now for about seven, eight years. I joined Redesign in Health Quarters in um, August of 2019. And that's what I've been doing for the last year and a half or so. So it's been interesting. You know, what I've learned, Shiv, at the end of the day is that patient-centric and customer-centric isn't that different. People want to be treated well. They want to be treated with respect. They want to know that you're competent, that you're, you know what you're doing and that you care enough about them. And they want a good value proposition. And that if you, whatever I've just said now, applies just as much when you're buying a house or paying for a dinner at a restaurant or going to see a doctor. The metrics, you know, the, the, the key prongs of a value proposition aren't that different. And so that's why I've, I've had the good of fortune and, you know, kind of be able to go back and forth. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting background, not only because you've gone between like retail and healthcare, but also, you know, the U.S. and India and more broadly Asia. So what are some of the things that you're most proud of of your time at Fortis, for example? Again, that's massive healthcare system. Do you mind actually describing it to our audience who may not have heard? We, we do have a global audience, but those in the U.S. may not be as familiar with Fortis as those of our users in, in Asia, for example. Sure. So first of all, I think as a back, background, it's helpful to know that that for many, many years, healthcare in India was mostly provided through government hospitals. And the government hospitals are still there and they do a great job. The private healthcare systems have come up more in the last 20, 25 years. And so Fortis Healthcare is the second largest health system in India. I think the third or fourth largest in Asia. 3,000 beds, a significant tertiary care program. As I mentioned, over 30 hospitals, 4,000 beds. I'm really doing some outstanding, outstanding clinical work. I mean, at one point we had done some work with multiple hospitals in the U.S. looking at cardiac work. We started tracking clinical outcomes for cardiac work, oncology, liver and um, renal transplants as well. And so some high quality work being done, some outstanding, outstanding physicians that are there. I think the only thing that, quite honestly, a place like India has lacked has been infrastructure and investment. And with that happening over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, Indian healthcare has come quite a long way. Now, India is still dealing with many challenges. From a healthcare perspective, disease burden of something like dengue. Dengue happens every year in India from you know July, August till about October, November. It's a challenge every year. At the same time, look at what's happening with COVID. You know, the entire world, many, many people, you know, I mean, it was really a worst case scenario was being predicted in terms of what might happen in India. And the reality is that India has actually handled it quite well, handled it quite well from where initially the testing process was being criticized because, you know, you couldn't get a test, no different than what was happening here. But I can tell you today, if I was going to, if you and I were going to go get a, a COVID a test today, it would, it would probably, you know, if we went in on a Monday, we'd get our test result on Wednesday. And I'm telling you that today in India, you can get a test taken at 11 a.m. and get your result by 6, 7 p.m. And they'll come to your house to do it, by the way. They're becoming that efficient at it. I think from a vaccination perspective, I think when it's all said and done, we're going to find that India was able to produce a good deal of a huge amount of quantity of vaccinations and actually helped not just the citizens of India, but beyond that as well. So I think it's a healthcare market that's changing, evolving quite a bit. I think the brands like Fortis have had a big say in what's happening from a clinical perspective. And I think it's just a matter of time between the infrastructure and investment, catching up with the intellectual capability that's there. But I would say in the next five to 10 years, you're going to hear about India rivaling the very best clinical platforms in the world. That's incredible. That's something uh, obviously to look forward to. And hopefully we can learn a lot from that experience, especially, I mean, you know, the dream of being able to get same day results. And, you know, they have at least three, if not four times as many people to vaccinate as we do in the U.S. So being able to do that more efficiently, hopefully cheaply, too. So going to your work at Health Quarters had been an online business, but you just opened up a location in New York City. 
which will bring Mount Sinai physicians together with independent practitioners, different variety of specialties, including wellness practitioners. What is your specific problem you're trying to solve and where do you fit in in this like pretty fragmented healthcare ecosystem? You know, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's fragmented, right? I tell people very often that when we were growing up, any one of us, when we were growing up, healthcare, for the most part, started and ended with either your family doctor, depending on how old you are, you know, what, what, what childhood looked like, or the primary care physician. And, you know, you went to the primary care doctor or you went to the family doctor and um, just about everything you had, you know, whether you scraped your knee, you know, your child scraped your knee playing football or if you had a stomach problem, whatever it was, you show up, you're knocking on the door of the primary care doctor. And or slightly, if you go back a bit further to the family doctor or the primary care physician. And, and what's happening is that healthcare is changing and evolving. And I can tell you that for my family growing up, everything started and ended with the family doctor or the primary care provider. Today, if you think about young families today, certainly they have a primary care provider, but they also have the various specialists they see, but then they have their chiropractor. They have their acupuncturist. They have their dermatologist. They have their therapist. They have their nutritionist. I mean, healthcare, Reiki, I mean, there's so many things happening in healthcare today that it's no longer that conventional clinical path that people have taken. And and this doesn't in any way, shape, or form take away from the clinical path. It's just that people are looking for alternative treatments. They're looking for other ways. And that this scenario that I'm describing, quite honestly, with COVID is just going to get even further intensified because, you know, this whole notion of an underlying condition is something that's very quickly become second nature to all of us in this country. You know, the idea of, of comorbidities, underlying health, health conditions, all the things that are related to that. And so I think that you're going to see a big, big focus around wellness. So what health quarters is, is we are, as you rightly said, in New York, partnering with Mount Sinai. They're, they're just tremendous, tremendous partners. In a physical space, Mount Sinai is our partner and our branding is to the outside, the sign outside the health quarters of Mount Sinai doctors. Mount Sinai brings in primary care physicians. They bring in specialties based on what that area requires, right? Depending on the geography. So we happen to be in NoHo. This is a, an, an area of the city where you actually have a lot of very health conscious people. So sports medicine is something we're looking at for a market like that. If you're in a different part of the city or a different part of the country, it might be a different type of specialty. We also have other practices under the same roof. As I said, you have Mount Sinai primary care, some specialties, you have wellness platforms. You have, you know, we have, we have chiropractor, we have acupuncture, we have dental, Candid, which is Invisalign teeth straightening. We have dermatology, we have nutrition, we have mental health. We have all of these things under one roof. Then if, so that's on the main level. If you go to the lower level, we have a full physical therapy setup. We have orthopedics. We have physiatry, sports medicine. So the idea is, Shiv, is bring it all under one space. You know, when we did our research as we were thinking about this idea, almost 80% of patients felt that one of the biggest challenges they had was that if you had to go to the doctor, if you had to go to the dentist, if you had to go to the chiropractor, that, you know, Monday you were going this place, Friday you were going someplace else. And oh, by the way, it took three weeks to get an appointment somewhere else. And it would take potentially six weeks, maybe longer, maybe maybe shorter, to actually get that done. And we're actually saying that when you come into health quarters, you can go see a primary care provider, go see a specialist, get a root canal done, get your physical therapy done, and maybe even get an acupressure treatment while you're having a cup of coffee, all under the same roof. And being coordinated in such a way that it's the best use of your time 
bringing in some really great providers, great practitioners, and giving patients the best possible experience. You know, I always, I always equate, you know, when people ask me, what's the difference between what you're doing and what somebody else might be doing? And I think the big difference is that typically in a clinical healthcare environment, when somebody comes in or, or any interaction we have, the first question is, what's wrong? How can we help you? What's wrong? Shiv, we're asking a different question. We're asking, how are you feeling? And the two questions, sound, they sound identical, but they're so dramatically different. And not only that, the actions that come out of the response to that question are completely different as well. So when you come to health quarters, apart from having a very COVID-friendly space in terms of how, how seating is set up, how you're welcomed in the space, we have a, to a great extent a touch-free facility. We do have, we have water, we have coffee, we have comfortable seating, we have consumer goods, some consumer brands that we brought in, some healthcare-related brands that are all approved by Mount Sinai. So they have a clinical stamp of approval. And the idea is that what otherwise is such a challenging, sometimes painful experience for people, how can you make something that's that's so uncomfortable, you know, you, you get put, you're, you're so vulnerable at that point. And it's not about making it a great experience because I don't know if you can actually ever do that in a health environment, but if you can make it where people are comfortable, respected, and they walk out saying, well, you know, that wasn't so bad. They took care of me and at least I know what I'm doing and I feel better about it. Absolutely. I mean, it's what you were saying earlier, again, like your retail experience forces you to be very consumer-centric or patient-centric. And clearly, this is a, a way to do it, to make it super convenient for the patient. We've had another guest on the podcast, Marcus Osborne, who runs Walmart Health, talked a lot about omni-channel engagement and you know the convenience of scheduling that they do. Also, putting everything under one roof, including grocery shopping, right? And like all these other things. What are some of the innovations you all have done besides bringing everyone to one roof? Like, it sounds like a very big logistical challenge to get someone scheduled in with all these different providers in the same day, but like telehealth, can you talk about some of the other things that Health Quarters offers to be as consumer-centric as possible and to truly differentiate? So I think there are two or three things. I think that it sounds fairly straightforward and maybe maybe even obvious, but but the whole idea of changing, you know, you know, one of the things that that's happened in 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 our society, Shiv, is that we make a direct connection. We associate technology with innovation. And that's very often that's true. Very often that's true. But very often we also have technology that's just technology for the sake of for the sake of having a couple of shiny buttons on the wall. So our first innovation is actually about giving the patient a far superior experience. And you know, this is the kind of thing that, you know, it's one of those, you know, the old days we used to have this thing, you know, I should have thought of that. Because it's interesting when you talk to people. I was at a doctor's office recently, I was just talking to doctors just to understand. They said, you know, we don't get any complaints. You know, we've been doing this for 20 years. Nobody ever complains. I mean, the system works just fine because I was talking to them about what we're doing and how we're doing it. And so we don't get any complaints. Well, you know, part of the reason is, you know, it's a bit like when cell calls used to drop after 30 seconds when, you know, when we first all had cell phones. Nobody complained about it. We were just happy that, you know, we could make cell calls, right? And so the whole idea of dramatically changing the expectations around what happens when you walk in a doctor's office. And you know, from my retail days, I can tell you, and, and Walmart's a good example of it. One of the things that we learned over a period of time was that people spend their money, people shop based on the mindset and the frame of mind they're in at that time, which is why, you know, people always tell you don't shop when you're hungry, right? They always tell you that because that's when you're likely to make some bad decisions on what you're purchasing. I can tell you that in a retail food environment, every grocery retailer in the world, in the country at least, has tried selling things like apparel and clothing because it's higher margin, 
basic groceries, you make 25%. Clothing, you can make 40%. So we've all tried to sell clothing. None of us ever succeeded. Because the reality is when you go to a grocery store to buy milk, juice, and eggs, you're not going to buy a pair of jeans no matter what brand they are or how much they cost. Because when you walk out, they're going to be in a, you know, in some grocery store brand bag. And that's not the way you buy jeans. You know, you want them to be in some whatever it might be. So there's something to be about mindset. When when COVID hit, you know, a lot of restaurant chains decided because all the grocery stores were packed, they decided they were going to sell grocery staple items. A lot of the chains that we know, the Paneras of the world and, and McDonald's, everybody, we're going to start selling groceries. They couldn't sell groceries. They can't. They can't because there's something to be. So we're building and a huge innovation here is is build a mindset around healthcare, build a mindset around wellness, get people to proactively think about how do you take care of your health in this crazy world that we live in? How do you take care of yourself? The whole notion of an experience and improving that is one big thing. I think the second thing from an innovation perspective, and there's a, as we're moving forward and we're doing this in phases, so we have 1.02, you know, so we're in 1.0 right now, where we have, essentially we have functional technology in terms of, you know, we're doing basic billing, booking, et cetera, things like that where we are headed is being able to provide a telehealth platform. And again, not just for the clinical piece, but the wellness piece as well. That's something that having one platform, again, where you can actually talk to multiple providers, whether it's clinical, if you want to see a primary care doctor, whether it's a nutritionist, whether it's a mental health specialist, being able to actually do that on one common platform in a way in a way that's simple, in a way that's easy, and more than anything else, because a lot of the telehealth platforms that exist are singular telehealth platforms in a way that mirrors the experience that the patient would have when they came into the space. And that's really important. Can you actually pick up that experience and mirror it with respect to that? And then the final piece is that, that we're working on multiple engagement platforms is how do we continue in a continuous line, continue to be connected with the patient life cycle across geographies, across, across medical specialties, across disciplines, You know, because we are not the provider. We are not the provider where we create a platform for providers. It's about linking those providers. And that's one of the reasons, you know, somebody was asking me earlier today is what attracts health systems to come and partner with you? Why would health systems want to do that? Is because the ability to bring together people who look at medicine and health in different ways from different angles, bring them all on one platform. And as one of our partners said, healthcare is a team sport. And that's what really starts to bring it together. So our innovation, our solution, what are we solving for? is the fact that we have this really fragmented environment. You have this scenario where people have just come to accept bad as being acceptable and improving it in a significant, significant manner. And we think there's a huge, huge upside to that. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I want to go back and ask you about the timing. So you you started working on this in the second half of 2019. The first half of 2020, obviously, COVID hit. It's been almost a year. And you opened up a physical office in 2020. And even maybe even more recently than that in January. What has your your personal and then health quarters experience been navigating the pandemic? You know, when the pandemic first hit, like everybody else, <laughs> but the deer in the headlights kind of look, you know, like what happens now? What do we do? What's interesting is that, so a couple of things. One, one is just our take on the uh, pandemic in terms of what's happening around us. Two, what's, what does that mean? So what does it mean for health quarters? And so working backwards, I read somewhere recently that, and I may have shared this with you, but the word immunity is being tossed around and, and used in, in the English language today like it's never been used before, just because the whole idea of what does immunity mean, what does wellness mean, what does underlying conditions mean? We are Shiva Wellness Platform. You don't come to us when you're sick. If you're sick, we would refer you to the hospital, the doctor, some critical care facility. We are a wellness platform. 
And what we've realized and what we firmly believe is that coming out of COVID, you know, whether it's, I'm sure you, we've all seen the data that, that, you know, while people are debating the value of masks or not, the reality is that the influenza has been, has been a really low this year. And we're all, I mean, everybody, we all believe that masks have played a big role in it. And so the idea of people thinking about wellness, the idea of people thinking about prevention, the idea of people thinking about what can I do to stay healthy or what can I do to make sure that I don't get sick? What can I do to make sure that that I build my immune system? What can I do to make sure that I'm working on these things? I think that the impact on our brand and our platform is that this is a huge, huge opportunity for us. Health systems are telling us the same thing. When COVID was at its high, people were literally terrified of going to the doctor's office. They were terrified of going to the hospital because of you know the whole idea of infection. We are a wellness platform. We think that if anything, COVID has opened up additional doors for us that we actually get to be a part of the solution in response to what COVID has in terms of the challenges. Because again, we're realizing that, that the healthier you are, the better you're doing take, job you're doing taking care of your health, the more, because today's COVID, tomorrow could be something else. We all know that's possible as well. So, so the implication for us is that the demand has gone up. The interest has peaked quite substantially. And, and you're right, we just opened our first location three weeks ago. The number of patients that are coming in, we're probably about 250% of our projections. We're coming out of the gate very, very strong. Uh, people want to be able to come to the same place. And I think especially in a COVID environment, in terms of how we built the facility, the fact that in terms of physical space and, and how we've you know made it COVID safe as well, I think it's very attractive to people. I think more broadly, just in terms of COVID, we look at this as anybody else in the health ecosystem is that this has been a major challenge. We were not prepared for it. We weren't prepared for it as a community, as a society, we weren't prepared for it. And I think that I think that going forward, I believe that brands like ours, platforms like ours, and I'm sure Walmart, I think they would tell you the same thing, that we actually have an opportunity to help, help the country, help the communities we're in, prepare for this type of thing, help educate people. Our platform is not strictly about getting people in and, and charging them and they leave. Our platform is about wellness. It's about educating. It's about partnering. It's about collaborating. So we see we see COVID as, as big a challenge as it's been for all of us. We see it as a huge opportunity to actually start to be a part of the solution and actually be start start to be become part of the answer that people look at when things are where they are today. Absolutely. It's certainly been an accelerant for a lot of things that we've we've been talking about for many decades now, like Telehealth being the obvious one, but there's certainly a lot of other things, the social determinants of health, health equity, all of those things have come to the forefront as a result of COVID. I know we're coming up in time, so I had two other questions for you. The first is, given that our audience comprises a lot of current and future health professionals or people who are considering careers in the health professions, including not just medicine and, and nursing and PA, but also, as you meant, like people you are hiring, chiropractor and, and other, other fields of healthcare, what advice would you give to them about meeting the challenges of the COVID pandemic and beyond? I've always adopted the position, especially especially when I joined healthcare and I was new to healthcare. I've always adopted the position that as a healthcare administrator, my job is to serve those who serve the patients and who serve the guests. And I think there's a, a massive, massive need for healthcare professionals, business professionals, business leaders, administrators who can actually help the ecosystem. I am so impressed, and I've seen this in Asia, I've seen it here, just the passion, the dedication, that energy that doctors work with, that nurses work with, but the ecosystem around it. So if you're in the healthcare profession where you're a doctor, nurse, provider, whatever it might be, good Lord, our job is to support you. 
Our job is to support you. We work for you. I mean, I can tell you right now, Shiv, you said to me before the session started, you said, look, make sure that your phone is off. Make sure that there's no noise in the background, right? But I'm telling you right now, and I say this with the utmost respect, if one of our doctors called, I would say, excuse me, excuse me, I need to take this call because I work for the doctor. Why? Because the doctor works for the patient. And I think that that service mentality and actually um, being able to play that role, there's a crying need professionals to come in who have that kind of approach who understand that we're in this for the patient. And, you know, I learned a long, long time ago in business, I learned this in retail and it's, it's, it's exactly the same in healthcare as well. Start with the customer, start with the guest, start with the patient, build an ecosystem around them. And part of that ecosystem is professionals, providers, administrators, whose only job, who the only thing they think about. So think about the customer, think about the patient, build your processes around it, do it efficiently, do it in a manner that makes sense. A, you'll have a much healthier population. B, you'll have a very profitable business. And C, you'll have an organization that's actually adding value to everybody around you. Excellent advice. My last question is, is there anything else that we haven't covered about you, about health quarters or anything else that you wanted to be able to share with our audience? I think that healthcare delivery has to change. I think that we've been sitting with this for way too long. You know, it's interesting when you think about an experience where you go to a doctor's office from the time you walk in, any doctor, your doctor, my doctor, West Coast, East Coast, anywhere, make an appointment. Depending on when you get the appointment, you go to the doctor's office, you sign in, clipboard, iPad, whatever it might be, you sit down, read the highlight magazine that's on a wall or the Reader's Digest or whatever it might be there. Not sure exactly how long you're going to wait. Eventually, they call you in. Once you get in the examination room, somebody comes in, takes your vitals, temperature, blood pressure, weight, et cetera. And then you sit and you wait again, and then you wait. Then eventually the doctor comes in and the doctor spends five, seven, eight minutes with you, right? That's pretty much what's required. And then the doctor leaves and then you wait again, right? And then you go out to billing and then you have to make a follow-up appointment and you're not sure exactly when that's going to be, right? And then you go home and you call and you have a bill. So you have all these things that happen, Shiv. And what's interesting is the best part of that entire experience is the five to seven minutes with the doctor. Because we have great doctors who just do an exceptional, exceptional job. It's the rest of the ecosystem. And that's what we're solving for. That's what we're solving for, right? Because we, we have outstanding doctors. We're blessed and fortunate that we have so many good doctors. And if you think about every time any, any one of us have had healthcare issues, and whenever you say it's painful, it's challenging, it's long, the best part of the experience is those few minutes that the doctor spends with you because they're so good at what they do. It's the rest of the ecosystem and that's what we're going to fix. And that's why we're partnering with healthcare systems. That's why we're partnering with doctors because there's nothing that Bob Deep or Health Quarters or Shiva is gonna do by themselves. It's in partnership and collaboration. And I think that healthcare delivery needs to be fixed. We got great doctors. We just need to give them the right ecosystem to work in. Those are some inspiring words to end on. So Bob Deep, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. And more importantly, for the work you've been doing for, for many years to raise line and improve healthcare capacity, both in Asia and in the US. Thank you, Shiv. My pleasure. And um, look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you. And with that, I'm Shiv Guglani. Thank you to our audience for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise line. We're all in this together. Take care. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast.